Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Well, glad you guys are here. Bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne, for the chance to continue talking about what we're talking about over these past few weeks, keeping prayer first as we're in our 21 days of prayer. Man, we've had a great time too of just really praying each day and had a powerful time yesterday morning. So just encourage you to be a part as you are able to. Here's what I want to talk about this morning as we continue keeping prayer first. Uh, I want to talk about what I think is probably one of the most challenging areas of your prayer life. Probably everybody in this room either is dealing with what I'm going to talk about today, or you have dealt with it. And I guarantee it, guys, you will deal with it if you're not right now. I want to talk about one of the most challenging areas of your prayer life. One of the things that really kind of gets to you more than anything else. And I want to help you get victory over it. Come on, somebody, and say, thank you, go Lord. I want to help you get victory over it. Because everybody in this room, at some point in your prayer life, You've asked God, you've asked God, you've asked God, you've continued to ask God, and you're waiting for the answer, and you're asking, you're declaring, you're petitioning the Lord, and you're asking, and you're asking, and you're asking, but really what's going on is you're still waiting. You're still waiting. One of the most challenging areas of your prayer life and my prayer life. I, I ask God and, and I'm, I'm waiting on the Father to do something that I really need Him to do and I'm still waiting. So here's the question I want to ask you and me. What do I do? How do I position myself to be able to receive them f- from the Father? I know He's going to answer. I might not know when, but I know He's going to answer. So while I am waiting, what do I do? How do I position myself How do I put myself in a position of receiving God's blessings? So that's what we want to look at today. We're going to start out in John chapter 14. Let's read together. You don't have to read out loud. Just follow along with me. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Verily, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and will do even greater things than these. Come on, somebody, and say, thank God. Because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, that's the promise. That's the promise of God. That's the word of God. Come on, somebody. So it doesn't return void. It doesn't come back empty. But if I'm sitting here honest with you today, I've asked him for anything in his name, and he says he will do it. Why don't I have it? Why don't I have it? I've asked him. He said he will do it, but it's just not there yet. Is God a liar? No, God's not a liar. Is he messing with me a little bit? No, God's not messing with you a little bit. So what's the deal, guys? Scripture's really clear in John 14. It says, you can ask me for anything and I will do it. 
So I want to help us out a little bit. I want to put us in a position to be able to receive. And what I want to do is I want to look at a straightforward look at two problematic prayer questions. I want to really look straight on at two problematic prayer questions. Number one, here we go. Why are some prayers unanswered? Or let me ask you this way. Are they unanswered? Are, are they unanswered? Or do they seem unanswered? Or am I just waiting on God and he's kind of yanking my chain a little bit? Why is it that some prayers seem unanswered? Why or, or are they unanswered? Here we go. God always answers according to his will. He, he's going to answer, guys. But he's going to answer according to his will. Now, I, I think it's real easy for you and I to kind of make this thing called God's will uh, a little spooky, uh, a little confusing, a little weird. But when we start talking about God's will according to prayer, let's keep this thing real simple. Here it is right here. God's will according to prayer is this right here. Write it down. It's causing heaven's reality to become earth's reality. On earth as it is in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Now here's the tricky thing that I've got to be careful about. It's real easy for me and you to get kind of lazy when we start talking about praying according to God's will. Well, you know, Pastor Ron, I'm praying. If, if it's God's will, well, I don't know, but maybe it's God's will. I guess maybe it's God's will. I can use that. Listen to me now. I can use that as an excuse. I can use that as kind of a back out. I can use that as kind of a, a real soft place in, in case I need a fallout. No, it's already done in heaven. I've just got to let that thing take place on the face of the earth. It's already done. What's already done in heaven, what's already been bound on earth is bound in heaven. It's already done. I've just got to let that thing take place on earth. Now, here's the trick, guys. That's not, probably not going to happen overnight. Come on, somebody. Probably not going to happen right away. It's going to be a process. But if I know that God always answers according to his will, what I know is this. His will is what? His will is victory. His will is power. His will is miracle. His will is might. His will is deliverance. His will is joy. His will is peace. His will is comfort in the Holy Ghost. Every good thing has been given to me according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's His will. And so if I know that, then I can stand in the gap and say, okay, I know you always answer according to your will but there's going to be a process that I may have to kind of walk out. Look, Jesus, listen to me now. Jesus wasn't fighting against God's will when he raised people from the dead. It was God's will to raise them up. It was God's will to heal. It was God's will to make new. It was God's will to bring deliverance to the captive. It was God's will to set at liberty them that are bruised. So Jesus wasn't fighting against God's will. There was just a process involved. So what we've got to look at is these answers. Here we go. Look at this. 1 John chapter 5. Remember, we're looking at kind of problematic questions concerning answered prayer. Here we go. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything 
according to his will, we've already talked about that, according to his will, he hears us. Ooh. Ooh. You need to ooh. You need to ooh better than that. <laughs> he hears you. Come on, somebody. He's listening to you. You're making declarations, and he's hearing your declarations. You're making prophetic statements. He's hearing your prophetic statements. There may be times you feel that the heavens are brass. Let me take that tension away from you today. He hears the heart of his children. He is Abba Father. He is Abba Father. Look at somebody and say, he is my Abba Father. Look at the other person and say, he is my Abba Father. He hears us. Now, here's the good part. And... If we know that he hears us, how many of you know he hears us? Put your hand up and wave at me. If I know that he hears me, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. It has already been done, dear believer. We just got to wait for the manifestation of his presence. Why? He heard me. He heard me. He heard my cry. He heard my heart. He heard my petition, and it's already been done in Jesus' name. So what I've got to understand is we know that we have what we have asked of him. It's already there. Now, let me explain that a little bit because it gets tricky. If I know he hears me, and I know he gives it to me, and I know he blesses me, and I know he provides for me, can I say it a good southern way? I ain't got it, but I ain't got it. What's going on? Let's explain it this way. God answers, but his timing is not our timing. God answers, but his timing is not my timing. You know, there, there are two things that bump up against each other continually in this thing called life. One is our normal everyday calendar, January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Fall, summer, winter, and spring. In that time period we call a calendar, there is also not just our calendar that we go by day in and day out, there is also God's calendar or God's seasons. And I have to understand, guys, that there is fall, summer, winter, and spring, but God's season is not going to go necessarily in that order. It's going to show up when He wants it to show up. It's going to show up when He desires for it to show up. And so what he's going to do, he's going to have timing. Get, now that, get this, guys. He's not just going to have timing for you. He's going to have perfect timing. Yeah. See, see, God can give you what you want whenever you want it. You might not need it right then. I'm going to say it again. God can give you whatever you want. You might not need it right then. You might not be able to handle it. May not be able to deal with it. May be overwhelmed with it. Pride may swell up in your life. May get a little too big for your spiritual britches. Come on, somebody. Might not quite be ready for it. So God knows, look, I love my child. I need to give my child what he or she needs, but they're not quite in a position. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to grow up in Jesus. I'm going to mature them in the Lord. So when it's time for them to get it, they're going to deal with it the way they're supposed to deal with it. 
And when they deal with it the way they're supposed to deal with it, it's going to be a prophetic declaration to everybody around them. Why? Because you're not boasting in yourself, you're boasting in the Lord. Not boasting in what you did, you're boasting in what Jesus did. That's the beautiful thing about God's timing. He can give it to you whenever you want it. He knows when it's best for you. Come on, say, preach it, PR. I'm going to do it. Number two, here we go. God answers. The other explanation of us praying and receiving, but maybe not having it yet, God answers to draw us into relationship with him. Look, guys, we serve a magnificent God that literally at the word of his mouth, at the snap of his fingers, can put anything he desires to put into your life just that quick. But he is not a heavenly soda pop machine. Put in money, press a button, get the gift. That's not who God is. If that's who he is, then everything would happen automatically and we would take it for granted. Come on, somebody. We take it for granted. So what does God do? God says, I'm going to bestow beautiful gifts on you, but I'm going to do it as you, come on now, as you learn to lean on me. As you learn to trust me, as you learn to walk with me, as you learn to put me out in front of you, I'm going to answer every one of your requests, and we're, I'm not going to walk way out ahead of you, and I'm not going to walk way out behind you. I'm going to walk right there with you because you are my child, and I'm leading you every step of the way. Give the Lord a big ovation of praise. Come on, somebody. So, so it, it takes some time. There's some time involved. And that time, how many of you know that time can be a very confusing element in your life? It's that unanswered question that we find ourselves facing a lot of time. Time, that space, that, that undefined space that causes us to wonder about a lot of things. When it comes to the relationship with God, it's a beautiful thing because that time is drawing out of you an ability to trust the Father. It's an ability to walk deeper in a relationship with Him. So He's going to answer, but He's going to do it and in His timing because He's drawing you in relationship with Him. Third explanation, here we go. God answers, but we don't like the answer. We resist the answer. God answers, but we resist the answer. You know, I told you a couple of weeks ago, uh, I've been walking through something Barbara and I have for a couple of years now that has required of us a whole different level of forgiveness, like I've never have, have had to deal with before. I told you a couple of weeks ago, God called me to be a peacemaker. What I really wanted to be was a troublemaker. And if I'm honest with you, I still do, you know, there'll be a salvation line at the end of service. Don't worry. The guy preaching to you, will get saved one day. Come on, somebody. And when this thing first started, I went to the father and I said, Lord, what do I do with this? What do I do with this person? And God spoke to me so clearly. He said, forgive that person and pray for them every day. 
My response to that was, is there anybody else up there? That was the last thing I wanted to do. Come on now. You still love me? It's the last thing I wanted to do. But I had to learn to, to do what he was telling me to do. We, well, sometimes we resist the answer. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more in just a little bit. But here's what I want you to get. The tension is this. Lord, you said that I can ask anything and I can, whatever I ask, ask or whatever. And you're going to do it so that the Father will be glorified through the work of the Son. That's what you said. I don't have it. That's what you said. It's not manifested yet. That's what you said. Where is it? That creates tension in my life. Does it not? Creates tension in your life. Where is it, God? Here's what you said. I'm not possessing it yet. Here's what you got to get right here. Some prayers seem unanswered because God doesn't want to do something for us. He wants to do something through us. Come on, somebody. Look, how wonderful is it? When you're able to say, look what God did for me. How impacting is it when somebody else says, look what God's doing for them. How impacting is it when people in culture around you are seeing what God's doing in you. Pastor Suzanne declared something in staff prayer on Tuesday. Because here's what this does right here, guys. Come on, somebody. This, this right here, some prayers seem unanswered because God doesn't want to do something for us. He wants to do something through us. That creates a testimony. That creates a declaration. That creates evidence of who God is. And Pastor Suzanne was praying on Tuesday. said, in this year, 2020, what's going to happen in the Rock of Gainesville? There is going to be a flood of testimony coming out of this house. A flood of testimony coming out of this house. There's going to be a declaration of testimony. Yeah, I prayed and God healed me. I prayed and God delivered me. I prayed and God set me free. I prayed and God touched my body. He touched my mind. He touched my soul. He touched my spirit. He touched my future. And everybody around you is going to say, look what God's doing for them. Come on, somebody. So what I got to understand is yeah, it seems like I've got an unanswered prayer because it's taken a long time. I'm still waiting. Everybody say it out loud. Got to say it better than that. But it's because he wants to do something through us and not just for us. Question number two, why do some prayers seem more effective than others? Have you ever met people? I know you have because I have. Have you ever met someone, it just seems like, man, they can pray, Mary had a little lamb and God just ministers to them? <laughs> I mean, no matter what they pray for, it just is manifested in their life. They can pray and declare anything and there's the answer for them. I, you know, it just seems like some prayers are more effective than others. But here's what we got to understand. I am not always going to say the right thing, do the right thing, be in the right place, acting the right way. Doesn't have anything to do with it because here's what you got to get. Prayer is more about faith than it is formula. It's about faith, man. Listen, it's not about formula, saying the right thing, positioning yourself the right way, bowing your head and closing your eyes, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not about anything like that. It's about walking in faith. 
For without faith it is impossible to please God. For they that come to him must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Listen, how many of you remember, come on now, how many of you remember the nation of Israel going across the wilderness, and they were getting bitten by snakes? You remember that story? Now, how many of you are like Pastor Ron? You do not like snakes. Somebody just got set free of their fear of snakes. I, I don't like snakes. There's two kinds of snakes I don't like. That's a male and a female. Yeah, I don't like snakes. I don't like them. The nation of Israel is going across the wilderness and they're getting bitten by snakes. And God speaks and says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a brass serpent and put it on a wooden pole and hold it up and those snakes are gonna leave you alone. It worked. In that moment, it worked. Listen to me now, because prayer is not about faith. I'm sorry, prayer is more about faith than formulas. So in that setting, it worked. But listen to me, 700 years later, during the reign of Hezekiah, Israel is coming into the temple, and you know what they got out leading them out? They got a pole with snakes. Well, it worked one time. It's bound to work again. It worked a few years ago. It's bound to work again. Look, you know, and you know what, guys? It might, but I'm not going to trust my formula. I'm going to trust my faith in an everlasting God that is new every morning. Wow. New every morning. And he, he can, but he doesn't have to do what he did before. He can if he wants to. See, God's got this problem. He thinks he's God. So he can do what he wants, but he does not have to do that. He wants you and I to walk in faith and trust him. And when I do that, I don't, I don't create a formula. I create a faith relationship with my Lord that takes me to a place of living a new place of living. See, here's the deal. God values persistence over perfection. You're not going to be perfect. Just keep doing it. You know what the Bible says? The key to life is consistency. Just keep doing it, man. God values persistence. Thank God you prayed today. Are you going to pray tomorrow, baby? Thank God you prayed this week. Are you going to pray next month? Thank God that you prayed all month long during 21 days. Are you gonna, ooh, are you gonna pray in February? Come on, come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Being a runner, there's a lot of times that uh, when I'm driving down the road, I look and I see somebody running and right away I judge their running form. I don't mean to do it. Now, I've quit doing that. And I'll tell you why I quit doing that. Listen to me. I quit doing that because I, one day I ran my best 5K time ever. ever. I killed it. Killed it. You want me to tell you what I ran it in? Is, is, is it, it's going to sound like I'm bragging. Now, now, now I, was, I was 24, I was 24 years old. So let me, let me let you in on a secret. I was 24 years old. 
I ran my best 5K time ever. I ran a 1603. I got beat by a guy that ran just like a duck. He did, man. Beat me. So I quit judging running forms. But every once in a while, I'll be driving down the road and I'll see someone running. I said, yeah, you got knee problems. Yeah, you got hip problems. And out on Newberry Road, close to where I live, there's a guy that runs almost every day. He's got the running form of a manatee. I mean, he's one of those guys that I want to, and he looks like a manatee. He's one of those guys, I'm sorry. I didn't, that came out of my heart, didn't it? I shouldn't have said that. Lord, forgive me for saying that. But he's one of those guys I want to pull up next to and say, come on, baby, just get in the car. <laughs> we'll go to Krispy Kreme. <laughs> come on. But I, I quit judging running forms. And I tell you what, I got really convicted about two months ago because he was out there running close to my neighborhood and I wanted to say something. And I thought, you know what? Keep your mouth shut, Hyatt. He's out there. Come on, somebody. He's out there. It may not be pretty. It may not be great. He may not be going to set a record in the Boston Marathon. It doesn't matter. He's out there giving it his best shot. And the same thing applies in your prayer life and my, my prayer life. It may seem that the heavens are brass. I don't care. I'm going to keep praying because I know the Bible says he hears you and me. He hears us. So God values persistence over perfection. Prayer is not our last line of, def of defense. Prayer rather is our first line of offense. You know, my prayer life doesn't come down to, well, I guess I ought to pray. Oh, has it come to that? No, it's my first line of offense. Hey, uh, I was talking to my man, TJ, faith warrior, TJ and Connie the other day. And he said he had tried to come by my office to see me and I was in a meeting and we missed each other. So he called me on Friday. He said, hey, can I, do you have a minute for me to tell you a quick story? And I said, man, I love, yeah, absolutely. I love a good story. He said that, uh, I guess it was Tuesday, he had heard about Pastor George's rough night Monday night. Pastor George had a real rough night Monday night, got up Tuesday with a fever, not feeling well, a lot of aches and pains, and was going to go to the clinic. He and Connie had heard about that. And so Connie called him and said, hey, we got to pray for Pastor George. And TJ said, well, I'm, I'm just about to pull into a service stop. Let me get this done. I'll call you back and we'll pray over Pastor George. So he hung up and then uh, got back in his car and he called Connie and Connie missed the call. So she called him back and said, hey, we got to pray over Pastor George. He said, well, now I've got another service stop. I can't do it right now. So just, you know, be, be real patient. Give me a break. So he finished his service stop and he's driving down the road and the phone rings, looks down and it's Connie. And Connie says, we got to pray over Pastor George. He's in traffic in Gainesville, Florida. We got to pray over Pastor George. So, okay, let's, let's pray right now. Let's agree together right now and start praying. 
as TJ is sitting in a stoplight, he hears a horn honking. He looks next to him and it's Pastor George. He's rolling down the window saying, we're praying for you right now. Look, when prayer is my first line of offense, God positions me to touch heaven and whatever I'm praying over. Mm. Mm. So it's not about waiting to pray. I may be still waiting, but I consistently persistently pray because it's my first thought, not my last. Come on, somebody. Here's what we got to get. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. And ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receive, receives, the one who seeks finds. It's not about saying the perfect thing. It's about seeking God. It's about knocking on the windows of heaven. And the one who knocks, say it out loud, the door's open to me. Come on, say it out loud. Say it one more time. God values attachment over association. John chapter 15, verse 7, I love this verse. If you remain, now a lot of scriptures say, if you abide in me. The word abide there in our, our English language, it says, it's the word attached. If you are attached to me and my words are attached to you, you'll ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. I just got to be attached to God. Hey, you know, how many of you are real good at putting things together? I mean, you, you're good at putting stuff together. I'm not. We have one person in the family who can, if we have something to put together, we give it to Jasmine. Jasmine and a screwdriver will take over the world. I'm just not at it. And you know what I have found that my wife will not let me use around the house? Super glue. Man, we have so many problems around the house because Pastor Ron got out the super glue. Look, I come from a southern family. The first thing we grab is duct tape, baby. Come on. Now it's evolved into grabbing super glue. But how many of you know that stuff is strong? You get the... If I ever come to church and I shake hands with you like this, <laughs> you'll know I broke the rule. Attached. If I'm attached to God and his words are attached to me, ask whatever I want and it shall be done. God values surrender over control. God values surrender over control. I am so bad about wanting to control my situations. I have to preach over here and not look at Pastor Tad right now. I, am, I, I just have this thing. I've got to control my situations. Look at what it says about Jesus in Hebrews. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Now, if there's anybody that could control their situation, it was Jesus Christ. He was heard because he submitted it to the Father. 
He was heard because he submitted it to God. He was heard because he didn't say, well, you know, I think I'll wipe out this group. He was heard because he said, not my will, but your will be done. He was heard for that reason. He values surrender over control. Summary, let's wrap it up. When God doesn't give you what you want, keep praying. Keep praying. It may take you some time. You may keep waiting. You may keep searching. You may keep wandering. You may keep wondering. Keep praying. And if you're in this place this morning and you're still waiting, keep waiting. I serve a God that is not going to let you down. And you serve the same God. So keep praying. Because here's what you got to understand. Perhaps some of our detours aren't detours at all. Perhaps they're the actual path. See, I get this idea that God's taking me down a new, a new road. And I wonder, where are you taking me, God? He knows where he's taking you. It looks to you and me like it's a detour. No, it's the perfect path that he has you on to grow you up. You know what detours do, guys? Detours provide protection. If I see a detour and I don't take it, I'm going to mess up. You remember when we were going through Mobile a couple of years ago? Me and Blake and Jasmine and Barbara were going through Mobile. We got there to the the tunnel that uh, goes under the, the bay. We came out and there was a detour sign. Man, that thing took us all over Mobile, Alabama. Man, I was lost as a ball in a briar patch. I didn't know where I was going. And we're going all over this city and, and Blake and Jasmine are in front of me and they're following GPS. GPS? I'm a man, I barbecue, I don't ask for directions. GPS. We come out of the tunnel and we're going all over the place. And finally, they're in front of me and they make this turn. I'm thinking, why are they turning there? That's not the right way to go. I go straight. They follow the detour sign. Big Daddy Hyatt goes straight. I I ended up in Texas, man. I don't know where I was going. The detour was the actual path. The nation of Israel was leaving Egypt and going to the promised land. It took them 40 years. They turned an 11-day journey into a 40-year trip. And for years, I wondered why. Until I came across the scripture in Exodus chapter 13. And concerning that long journey that could have been a straight shot of 11 days, Exodus chapter 13 says this. It says, I took them the long way so that they would learn how to war and trust me. That detour is going to be a long trip. It's not going to be 11 days. It's not going to be the quick trip. It's going to take some time. But in that process of time, you're going to learn how to fight, come on now somebody, the good fight of faith. And in fighting the good fight of faith, you're going to learn how to trust God and walk in his perfect 
guidance. What you praying over? What you waiting on? Hadn't showed up yet? I got you. I got you. Keep waiting. The answer is about to manifest itself in the name of Jesus. It's going to become known to you. Bow your heads with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that we can trust you today. Father, I thank you for your word, your promise that is so true, so real. Your word says that it does not return empty. Your word does not return empty. And so, first of all, Lord, I pray for those that are praying over something specific today. In Jesus' name, I just ask for you to minister encouragement to them. Minister patience to them. Father, just build them up in their faith. Refocus their steps. Refocus their mind. Refocus their thoughts so that they won't throw in the spiritual towel but rather they will be diligent to keep on trusting you, knowing that you are the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Make that promise come alive in them today in Jesus' name. And Father, if there's anyone in this place today that they, they're still waiting for a life that brings hope and healing and, and peace and perseverance, and they're, they're waiting on that, knowing that it's not quite showing up because they haven't made Jesus Lord of their life. Touch them and speak to them right now through your wonderful compassion. Just touch their heart right now in Jesus' name. Nobody looking around, every head bow, every eye closed. Thank you for being patient with me today and letting me just share the word with you. But I would just really not quite get it if I went on and into this service without saying, I don't know what you're waiting for, for your life to be great, but the answer is here for you today. The answer is here for you today. If you're waiting for your life to change, if you're waiting for your life to have meaning, if you're waiting for your life to have sub substance, the answer is found in Jesus Christ. And what he wants you to do is just say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of striving. I'm tired of doing everything that looks like control. What I need to do is surrender. And if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Ron, I want you to pray for me that I will surrender my life to Jesus so that I can quit waiting on things to just seem so good, but things can be good because Jesus is my Savior and Lord. Would you please pray for me, Pastor Ron? Put your hand up right where you are. Yes, 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 yes. Put your hand up right where you are. Yes, I got you. Once you put it up and I recognize that, you can put it right back down. Thank you for these that are saying, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Now, here's what we're going to do. We do this every week because God has been so good to bring people into our lives, to see them coming to the kingdom every week. So you know what we're going to do, but if you raise your hands and you're not sure, let me give you some directions. We're all going to pray out loud. And the Bible is so clear. If you want to make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart, and he becomes your Savior and Lord. So as I lead you in prayer, and all these people pray along with you, do exactly that. Pray out loud, believe in your heart, and Jesus is going to change your life. Jesus is going to change your life. So let's pray out loud together right now. Father, I come to you, and I ask you in Jesus' name to change my life. Change my life, Lord, by forgiving me of my sins.
putting my feet on a new path, a new direction, setting my way to be a way that will please you. I've been pleasing myself, hadn't worked out. Now I want to please you. Now I want to submit my life to you and know that you're going to come into my life and change everything about me by changing my direction, by changing my thoughts, by changing my desires, causing me to be a person that wants to please you and not myself. I'm looking forward, Lord, to the satisfaction, the happiness that that brings. And I thank you for doing it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, look, give the Lord a big ovation of praise. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.